In this episode, I am joined by MMA fighter Mina Elias. Years ago, Mina came to the United States in search of the American dream, which led him on a journey to starting a successful performance supplement brand called Hydrolyte. Now, in this action-packed episode, Mina will tell his story as well as share many tips, tricks, and PPC strategies to help you explode your Amazon business. Now, you're going to want to stay tuned until the very, very end on this episode so you don't miss anything. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 154 of the Private Labeler Show. My name is Nick Landowski and I'm making it my mission to help a thousand people quit their job and start a successful e-commerce business using the power of Amazon. So thank you, thank you as always for tuning in for another episode, everybody. No matter where in the world you are tuning in from, I appreciate you. And thank you to everybody that has recently left iTunes reviews for the, for the podcast. That is super awesome of you guys. So I'm not going to waste any time. We have a lot to get to, guys. We're going to dive right into today's episode. Now, in a minute, I'm going to be joined by my friend Mina. And as mentioned at the top, Mina is an MMA fighter, and he goes by the name The Egyptian Prescription, which is totally awesome, by the way. So Mina's passion for fighting and fitness actually led him to creating a successful supplement brand called Hydrolyte. Now, Mina is also an Amazon pay-per-click expert, and he's going to reveal to you some of his best tactics and strategies right on this very podcast. Now, these are PPC tips that you can use immediately and implement into your business immediately after you listen to this show, and it's going to help you take your business to the next level. Now, if you guys want additional PPC training and guidance after the podcast, I'm going to highly recommend you check out Mina's site at theppcuniversity.com. That's theppcuniversity.com. If you guys go to that site, you can use code Nick, that's N-I-C-K, and he's going to give you guys $100 off his step-by-step PPC training. Now, I'll also have that linked in the show notes and code in the show notes as well over at privatelabelershow.com forward slash 154. Now, I just want to give you guys a heads up. This podcast is a little longer than normal, and it's actually kind of really broken up into three different topics of discussion. Now, the first part, Mina is going to share his awesome story of how he escaped the rat race and found Amazon. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to that. It's a really great story. And then the second part of the podcast is Mina talking all about his supplement brand and how he started it. And then the last part, kind of the meat and potatoes, is all about Amazon pay-per-click. And Mina is going to reveal, again, some of those cool tips and tricks that you guys are going to find really, really useful. And then we're going to dive into your Facebook member-supplied questions about pay-per-click. So if you guys are part of our Facebook group, remember a few weeks back I put out a post asking what questions you want me to ask Mina. So we're actually going to dive into those and uh, answer about four or five of your questions, which is going to be really awesome. So to make this episode a little bit easier to navigate, I'm actually going to create a timestamp for each topic. So you can find that on the show notes, or if you're listening to this podcast right now on YouTube, just go down to the description and I'll have a timestamp there to help you more easily navigate the conversation. Now, my advice is that you guys actually listen to this, the, the PPC part at least twice to make sure you understand everything correctly. And as always, after our conversation, 
Stay tuned for that because I'm going to give you guys my three key takeaways from the episode. So again, make sure you stay tuned for that at the very, very end. Okay, so let's get down into it. Here's my conversation with Mina, a.k.a. the Egyptian Prescription. Hey, everybody. Please welcome Mina Elias to the show. Welcome, Mina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking a few moments out of your busy day. Hey, Mina, um, could you just tell the listeners out there, to share with the listeners a little bit about who you are? We'll get into your story all those kind of things related, but if you can kind of just start us off here, I just really want the audience, the listeners to understand who you are and kind of how you got involved in this racket known as e-commerce. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so the story's a little bit different, right? Because uh, I wasn't one of those people that came across a course or anything. So I'll start from the beginning. I, um, I actually grew up in Dubai, even though I'm Egyptian. And um, around 2011, I moved to America on my own. Uh, I was 18, um, you know, to get a degree and, and uh, you know, better education and stuff like that. So moved um, on my own to Connecticut. I know, very random, uh, picking Connecticut, but I thought all of America was the same. No. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when, when you're 18 and you don't know any better. Um, I got my degrees in chemical engineering and chemistry. And, you know, I was on that whole uh, path of uh, get good grades, get a good job. I'm sure all of you guys read Rich that Poor Dad, get good yeah. grades, get a good job, get, yep. you know, work up the corporate ladder. So um, graduated top of my class as a chemical engineer, um, went on, got some corporate jobs. Uh, my first one was kind of like, you know, in, in the chemical field. And then as I got to my third one, wasn't even related to um you know, chemical engineering anymore. I was actually a project manager in construction um, because I kind of preferred being out and about and interacting with people. And I couldn't just sit at a desk and not saying that all chemical engineers do that. They, there's definitely a lot of diversity, but it, it was nothing, you know, I was in a little bit of a different place. My mindset wasn't right. I wasn't looking for jobs aggressively enough and I kind of didn't have the greatest jobs. And so um, you know, graduated, got my master's as well um, in 2018 and and, you know, I graduated in 2018. And around that period, uh, I had had my first job as a, as a chemical safety consultant, and it was 35000 a year. And I was like, man, I have $80,000 in student loans. And like, this, this can't be possible. This is my job. Like, this is how low it's paying. And uh, I was definitely miserable, moved on to the next job, and uh, kind of always felt like a victim. And that was the pro- one of the, my biggest issues is I had a victim mentality. And, um, you know, I kind of moved from one job to the next job, finally got that construction project management construction job. And I was doing well, but I just, I always felt underappreciated. I always felt like, you know, it, people valued uh, like, be, like being older over, over working hard. And I wasn't with that. I said, yo, if I work hard, um, you should kind of, reward me for how hard I work just because this guy's been in the company for 10 years, but he just, you know, warms a chair and I'm out there killing it. Um, he shouldn't get paid way more. And, um, so I always just kind of did not like the whole nine to five thing because I felt like my life was robbed for me. And, um, this one thing happened. I remember it's, it's something that, that really changed a lot of my life. And I was, uh, my, my boss, I started at the bottom in that, uh, company and I worked my way up and I was managing like $12 million in projects. And, um, the boss slash owner of the company called, calls me into her office and says, Hey, um, do you see yourself like 
you know, kind of in my position in, in five to 10 years. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to like, you know, be in an executive position because like, that's been my whole roadmap. Right. And then, um, she's like, yeah, like I really want to kind of, um, train you to, to film my position eventually. And I said, I'm all for it. But then driving home, I was like, man, you know, if I reach her position, like that's it. Like I kind of achieved my whole like goal and plan. And it, it was like, I was waking up at four 30, uh, working out 45 minute commute, coming home, um, just barely like catching a breath, changing, going to MMA training. Um, and, and I'll touch a little bit more about MMA and it's why I started my whole uh, company. But anyways, so I was like, this, is, this can't be life. I can't have kids. I can't have a life, um, you know, working from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. every single day. And so eventually I went on vacation. It was my, you know, my yearly three to four week vacation. I was in Egypt with my parents and uh, I was looking at some supplements online. My dad says, what are you doing online? I said, yeah, I'm just looking for some supplements. You know, I just can't find the right one. And he was like, well, why don't you make your own one? And I said, make my own one. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is like big companies. He's like, yeah, like you can be a big company too. You're smart. And, um, you know, I used to usually brush off like all the stuff that he says, but I was like, why not? Like, let me look into it. I called a friend and I said, Hey, how expensive is it to open up an LLC? He said, it's $400 on legal. I said, that's it. Okay, cool. Easy. I went and I looked online. I said, okay, what would I make as a product? And because I was an MMA fighter at the time and I still am, but you know, I, that was kind of like what I wanted to gear um, my first supplement towards. I said, what's something that can help me that I can't really find? And obviously I'm going to touch a, a, a lot more about how bad the supplement industry is and how tainted everything is. But I said, you know what? I, I really could use some electrolytes and I can't find good electrolytes in the market. They're either low in, in um, certain ingredients or have too much sugar. So I said, okay, let me run some numbers. I literally went into Amazon and I said, okay, if I buy everything in bulk, bags, scoopers, uh, the powders, mix them at home and uh, put a sticker on them, like a label, how much would it cost me? And I ran the numbers and I was like, wow, everything, including labor would cost me like $5 and I can sell it for like the average uh, price is like 25, 30. I was like, it's a home run. Um, you know, obviously not knowing anything about how marketing costs work and, and Amazon fees and all that stuff. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. And so September 14th, was uh, 2018 was when I had that conversation with my dad. October 10th, 2018 is when I started the company and I posted on Facebook uh, and I, I said, Hey guys, I officially am the owner of MMA nutrition. Uh, and you know, I have now my new company and I rebranded it to Hydrolyte, but it, it was called MMA nutrition. Cause I thought, you know, I'm MMA and you know, I'm going to capture like an amazing niche. And a lot of people said, Hey, you shouldn't call it MMA nutrition, but I, I'm pretty hard headed. So I just called it that anyways. And so this guy hits me up and he says, Hey, November 2nd, we have an MMA event. I'll get you a booth for free. Just get a banner products and show up. So I show up there November 2nd. Right. And so basically less than two months, uh, got everything running. Uh, I bought, I bought the stuff, uh, mixed it at home, put it into bags, put the labels on, um, you know, hired a designer for the labels, hired a guy from Fiverr for the logo mistakes, all mistakes. And, um, you know, it looked kind of shabby, like, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, stuck on the label and I was like, all right, um, let's go to this event. I show up at the event and I actually sold 25 units out of the 40 that I made that day. Oh, that's really and, cool. Uh, that's, that's actually a pretty good number. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I was like, wow, like people actually want to 
buy my stuff. And everyone kept asking. And, and at that point, I didn't have a website, but I didn't know anything about e-commerce. Like, I am just like a, an engineer, right? I don't, I don't know anything about business. Not the first thing. And so I didn't even have a, like an e-commerce website or anything. I just had like a catalog website where you can see the home, the products, the about us. That's it. Simple. And they're like, where can we buy? And in my mind, I was like, I can't tell them go to the websites, you know, and, and email me. That's like stupid. How am I even going to collect their money? And so I said, it's going to be on Amazon soon. This was just a soft launch, complete, you know, lie, um, BS to everyone. And, but I'm like, okay, now I have to, you know, live up to the expectation that everyone is going to expect to find me on Amazon. And so that's when like I went home and did like a, an insane deep dive on how do I get on Amazon? I then picked up the phone, called Amazon Seller Central, said, hey, I want to sell. How do I sell? And they're like, okay. You know, and they walked me through everything. And um, it was the funniest thing. And they walked me through everything. I was like, okay, what paperwork do I need? Sent them the paperwork. Um, and and they, they're like, we need paperwork from your um, supplier. So I said, supplier? I've been mixing this stuff at home. So I called <laughs> the guy that I bought the ingredients from in bulk. And I said, hey. Do you do like bulk mixes? I called like 10 people and but he was one of them. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do a mix for you. I said, okay, how much for this, 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 like this is the formula. And he priced it the same way that I would, if I would have done it at home on my own, I said, perfect, you know, um, like same price or whatever it was like $5 or whatever. I don't remember back then, but it was like, okay, that's the same price that I had and it's selling 25 on Amazon. Amazing. I'm going to be rich. So I said, okay, I want a hundred units. I figured $500, not a big investment. We'll test the waters, sent, sent it to Amazon. And, um, you know, I started looking at, okay, how, how do you make your stuff move on, on Amazon? And, um, it was either like giveaways, you know, search, find, buy or rebates, 99% off that kind of stuff. Cause remember this was back in 2018, right. but I just felt like all that stuff was kind of scammy. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do uh, the giveaways or the rebates. But then people are like, there's PPC and, and you know, it's the sponsored ads on Amazon and it's, you can make a lot of money on that. So I started like learning a lot about it. Not that there was a lot of good information out there, honestly, it was a lot of bad information, but I was like, whatever, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to test it and I'm going to go for it. So my first, I think three days on Amazon on the third day, I was doing a hundred dollars a day in PPC spend, but I was selling 10 units a day. And um, my profit was $10 at the, the time. So I was pretty much breaking even. But I remember like one day I was in LA fitness in the morning swimming and I open up my phone and, I, and I'm, uh, you know, right after my swim and I look at the, at the sales and it was like 10 sales yesterday. And I'm like, come on, like who's buying? Like I thought all of my friends already bought. And, and I look and it's like John Goodman from Ohio and, and uh, like Sherry from like Wisconsin. I'm like, who are these people like random people are actually buying my product. And it was like, my mind was blown. Isn't it an amazing feeling? You're just like, how's this it, happening? Right. They don't even it know. Was, like I've, I've hit so many milestones and this is still like one of my biggest milestones is like when I was at the gym and I was like, man, random people are actually buying my product. Just, yeah. I was like shocked. That's that, that's when it becomes real. That's real. That's, that's when you're like, yeah. Okay. You know, maybe I actually have a business. Yeah, definitely. So, and, so you got, so you found this whole PPC thing out and it helped you kind of get started, if you will. Yes. And, and, uh, you're having some success early on and you're kind of just freaking out. You're like, oh my God, all this is happening and this is great. And then, then the gears really start turning and then what? So yeah. you, you kind of just really went all in, right? 
Yeah, so so then uh, it was like, okay, um, this stuff is real. Um, and then I, uh, the, the one of the best things ever happened. And I had this friend and, and um, she has a sister who actually runs like a $12 million Amazon account. And she like, she runs, runs it as a nine to five. Like, so she works for a company and this is all they do. And so I hit her up and I, or her sister hit me up. She's like, Hey, I know you're into this Amazon thing. You and my sister would get along. She's also into the Amazon thing. And I was like, Oh really? Cause at that point I was getting into the, all like the underground Amazon Facebook groups and like all the myths and the $3,000 ungating fees and like all this crazy stuff. But this was a person who actually did this for a living. Um, so she was like, you know, professional. I said, yeah, hundred percent connect me. And so I went and I, she was in, she, I was in Connecticut at the time. She was in uh, New York and like Yonkers area. So only like about an hour away. And so I drove up and we went to dinner and we talked and talked. And um, it, it was like what she was telling me, like she did, she wasn't like the most knowledgeable about Amazon, um, but she was just operating in a different mind frame. She was operating it as a business. I was still operating it emotionally. And um, she's like, there's this amazing event that you should go to. It's, uh, it's called Ad, Ad NYC. It's by Tenuity, who are based out of San Diego. Um, and that's where the big players actually, like, were going. Like, they're not the, the regular Amazon conferences. No, they're like the, you know, the professional Under Armour was there, Start to Stuno was there, uh, One Bar, which is like the protein, the, one of the biggest protein bars was there. And so, like, massive, massive you know, hundred million dollar brands were there. And I go there and I went to the networking dinner. I went to every single day of the conference and I literally would milk every single person who attended. I would ask them so many questions. And that's when like it dawned on me that, you know, for me to compete with these big players um, who are like brands, like in supplements, because supplement, everyone says supplements is super competitive and they're right. It is super competitive, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's not even that hard. If, if you actually have a passion for supplements. And for me, I, I had a massive passion for supplements and I was making these supplements for myself. So I deep dived into a PPC and I just honestly just spent a lot of money and, and a lot of time calling people and saying, Hey, how do you do your PPC? Hey, how do you, and I wasn't calling like, there's so many like quote unquote gurus out there. I wasn't calling these people. I was calling like, for example, um, like think a company like Under Armour. I would be like, who's your Amazon? who are your Amazon people? And I would get in touch with them and be like, Hey, do you, do you have like a five minutes to talk? Like, what are you doing for PPC? I would love, like, if you can share some stuff, I need some help. Um, and like those people like, think about it. They're nine to five corporate employees. They're, they're there. They're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, if it takes 10 minutes on the phone, they're probably like, you know, bored at their job watching YouTube videos or something. Cause that's how nine to five pretty much is <laughs> cat videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so I got so much help from those, those people. I got so much help from the people at the conference and kind of like after so much, I literally, I want to say burned uh, close to a hundred thousand dollars in PPC spend in my first year, um, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't say 2018 is my first year. I would say like, you know, 2018, like end of 2018 to end of 2019, I burned through a hundred thousand dollars in PPC spend. And, um, I, at that point, I kind of like, I knew the system because, um, I wasn't uh, afraid to spend money because I, I, at the least I was breaking even. I, I actually, I did the whole video with someone and uh, we broke down my, my first year on Amazon or whatever. And, uh, I think I came out with like close to 50, $60,000 in profit on the first year. And, you know, people were telling me, man, you're going to run at a, like 
a, a massive loss for the first three years doing supplements and stuff. So it's a big lesson to kind of forget what the naysayers uh, are yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So and believe so, in yourself. So I absolutely love uh, just the highlights here. So you moved to America at age 18 to go to school, to get a good job, to, you know, mm-hmm. follow that kind of that structured um, setting that everybody kind of wants to follow in. And you realized you were in the rat race, right? You were kind of like, oh, I don't want to sit in traffic yeah. for 45 minutes every day or an hour every day and do this corporate grind. And I was that way as well. And uh, I just, it kind of hit me eventually of like, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's it feels like jail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you said that just like a lot of people listening or younger people or getting out of college, it's like you're, um, you have, you know, a lot of debt from the student loans and things like that. And you're making 30K a year at a job and you're like, well, this is insurmountable. How am I ever going to pay these loans off? And you can't declare bankruptcy on them. We all know that you're stuck yeah. with it. So I, th- I think a lot of people uh, are, feel that way. And you just like I, just like a lot of people listening to this thought, okay, there's got to be another way. And your journey is awesome because you know, you're into the, the fitness thing and the MMA thing and you listen to your dad, which is great advice. Like you just listened <laughs> and it just led you on this journey of like meeting different people. And that's what I'm so fascinated about. And just like showing you anything is possible on, you know, just following your intuition and um, not being afraid to go against the grain because so yeah. many people out there, they don't, they just go with the rat race. I know so many people just like you do, they stick in the rat race and they're miserable, but they just, oh, absolutely. They're just keep doing it because they're comfortable and it is a guaranteed paycheck. And then if you're doing something like e-commerce, it's like the unknown world. It's like you make your own path with it and it's a little scary, but once you figure it out, it can be, you know, very advantageous. So um, I want to, I want to dive it just, just for a few more minutes into your supplement um, situation. So, you know, when I first got started selling on, online, on Amazon, things like that. I was always told right off the bat, like, oh, don't get into supplements. It's, it's crazy, right? So I, I personally didn't have a passion for supplements. It wasn't something I ever strongly considered. You know, I, I take supplements like a lot of people and, you know, I have reasonable amount of knowledge, I think, in it. But as far as selling in it, again, I was always told it was extremely cutthroat and so on and so forth. But uh, you've kind of proven that if you have a passion for something, you can kind of just keep pushing forward. What, what advice besides that, Mina, would you give to somebody that is thinking about entering into the supplements category? Like what were some of the, the wins and losses that you've had that you know now that you maybe didn't know back then that you could share with somebody? Yeah, so um, very, very good question. Uh, now, obviously, you know, we all hear about differentiation. Um, and a lot of people think that when you differentiate it, it's only your product, right? You know, like everyone is doing, um, you know, one thing and then you add or you bundle something and uh, you kind of differentiate. And um, that's one t- kind of differentiation. But, um, you know, and I did that, right? But it, honestly, if you look at my product and you look at a lot of other products, if you're not very, very well educated in supplements, you're going to be like, oh, like they all seem like, you know, electrolyte supplements. Um, but another way I differentiated was uh, the way I did things like my supply chain, um, you know, my relationship with my manufacturer. And this is a crazy story, right? But I actually messed up in the formula uh, initially. And, uh, and it, was, it was to no fault of, of my first manufacturer. It was kind of my fault. But then I started getting reviews like, wow, like this tastes really bad, blah, blah, blah. And I freaked out. And instead of like blaming, uh, and, and, and I don't know why I never like considered, hey, like, would you taste it, test this yourself? But it was actually when you leave the product uh, for like a certain amount of time, it starts like tasting bad. And 
I freaked out and I texted people and I was like, hey, uh, I texted all my connections and said, hey, my manufacturer is horrible. He makes my stuff taste so bad. I need a new one. And that's when I came across like my new manufacturer who lives actually 30 minutes away from me. And, um, and that what I would consider that is another way that I've differentiated because my relationship with my manufacturer is so good that we've been able to, you know, do so many different things, uh, in terms of like lead times and flexibility. And, um, I utilize his research and development and I utilize like a lot of the resources that he spent 20, 30 years building for me to be able to, do things that other people can't do. And so, so the one thing that I would make sure uh, everyone does is number one, your, your manufacturer is your partner. They're pretty much your business partner. Um, if, if without them, you can't do anything, you don't have a product. And so you need to really be careful who you're choosing and you need to, you know, do it in a way where it's not like a, a cold relationship. It's like, really, it's a partnership. And then another thing is, if you're doing supplements, make sure that you're passionate. And if you're not passionate, make sure that you're talking to passionate people because you're going to need to significantly differentiate. And if you're not passionate enough, like I'm obsessed with supplements. If you see my cabinet, I have at least like 40 different supplements in there. Um, I've never gone any store and passed the supplement aisle without stopping ever since I was 10 years old. Like that's how much of an obsession I have with supplements. And I've always used them. I've always been researching clinical studies, everything, ever since so, I, could, I could, you know, research articles. So because of that passion, that kind of fuels you to keep pushing forward, correct? Because you, you have an mm -hmm. interest in the product, you use them yourself, and it kind of fuels you. Like on those days, we all have those days where you wake up and you're like, I don't feel like opening up the laptop today. I'm just not feeling a little off. But since you are passionate about what you're creating and you're passionate about your brand and your customers, I would imagine that really allows you to power through those moments where like maybe you're getting bad reviews and things aren't really working well, right? Like you just kind of, you know, like I've always preached kind of on this podcast, it really, really helps in the world of private labeling and selling on Amazon if you actually really do like your products and you like your brand and you like your customers. So would you, you definitely agree with that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and honestly, like on those tough days, on those bad days, uh, I like, I know some people compared to the to other people, but I'll look at like my competitors and I'll be like, come on, like, I can't quit now. Like, I know that I am as good or better than those people. And if they're doing $10 million a year, I can do $10 million a year. Like, yeah. come on, like, you're better than this. And, you know, it, it really, be, because I'm so passionate and because I know, you know, how I, I look at a supplement and I see like they have proprietary blends. They're, you look at their, their scoop size, their scoop size is 15 grams and there's actually seven grams of active ingredients. And immediately I'm like, dude, these guys are cheaters. These guys are like, you know, they're not selling good quality stuff to the people. Um, or like I, I taste it, it says all natural. And I know that, and there's 200 uh, milligrams of caffeine in there. And I know for a fact that you cannot do natural flavoring and caffeine because the caffeine is just tastes horrible. And I'm like, man, these people are cheating and they're making so much money and you're an honest guy and you're harder working than them come on, like you got this, like, like you're going to get there. Just there. I try and like push away any doubt. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's how I kind of battle like the, the, the low days is I look at my competitors and I'm like, man, I can, I can beat them. I can easily beat them. Like they're not selling anything better than I'm selling. So would you say that, let, let's say I'm sitting there listening to this right now and you're considering starting a supplement line or supplement brand, obviously it can be very, um, very profitable if done right. 
because mm-hmm. of all that repeat business, right? Like somebody's buying from you again and again and again every month as they run out. If they like your product, they're gonna they're probably gonna stick with it for a while. So it's a lot of repeat business. But would you say since it's such a what most people would say like it's saturated or whatever, you're probably gonna hear that a lot. But would you say this a real key to that if you want to dabble into the market of supplements that you pick a segmented kind of like niche. So you picked and kind of focused in around initially the MMA type of thing because that was your angle because you're an MMA fighter. So would you say like, I don't know, maybe you create a supplement line focused in in around runners because if you're a runner personally and something you do, you can connect with it and you can kind of carve out a little sub niche in in that giant field of supplements. Is that kind of the route you would go? Absolutely. And, And just remember one thing, right? The more value you add to the customer, the more that you're going to get paid. So um, if, it depends on how well you differentiate. If, if you find an, like a problem, you know, like you, you genuinely find a problem, you say, okay, all electrolyte powders have sugar. And I have a problem with getting sugar in my diet. I don't want sugar in my diet. And you create a solution that's better than everyone else's solution. And you really add value to the customer, you're going to get paid in direct proportion to the amount of value that you're adding to those people's lives. So if you keep that in mind and you know, okay, what, what's an actual problem and, and what's a solution that's better than everyone else's solution in the market, you're going to, you're going to make money. You're going to be profitable because you're differentiating enough and you're being, uh, you know, innovative enough to, to kind of set yourself apart from everyone. So I think just to add out there too, to figure out those answers, those things that you were talking about, knowing what to focus in on, first and foremost, I think the easiest thing would be to dive into into product reviews on Amazon or whatever other site, learn and understand what people like and dislike and use that information. And on top of that, I'd imagine you took it one step further because you're already interested in this stuff as it is. So you already have a knowledge base on like, what do you like? And, and that's probably the same for what other people like as well. And I'm sure you've talked to other people in your industry and in the MMA world or whatever, what they're using, what they like, dislike. And, you know, obviously wherever you can find a community, it could be a Facebook group, it could be anything. And just kind of putting your ear to the ground and go, okay, this is what people actually want. This is what's important to this group. This is what's not important to them or whatever. And therefore here's what the competition is doing. Where's my, where's my edge? Where's my angle? Where's my X factor? What are they doing that, that I need to be? And how could I kind of come over the top of them? Right? Exactly. And, and honestly, it's so much easier when it's something in your life. When, so if you're a mom and you you know, you notice like, wow, like this baby carrier hurts my shoulders. If only the weight was distributed a little bit better. Um, and then, you know, you come up with something where the weight distribution is better. Like that's where I really see, always put yourself like in a, in a shark tank mindset. Like you're going there and, and, Every single Shark Tank story starts with, well, we know we lived here and we, there wasn't enough of this or, you know, we, there, no one is doing this and, you know, we really hate this thing. So we came up with a better solution. And that's just the frame of, of mind that you have to put yourself into is what are the problems in and the easiest thing is just finding it in your life, because if it's inconvenient for you and you've been experiencing it for a long time, um, then it's going to be so easy for you to find a solution. And if it's something that you know a lot about, or you think that you can get really get into, then it's even better. So, um, talking about your supplement brand and what I'm curious about is you obviously said that you used a lot of pay-per-click and that's what we're going to transition to in here in just a minute. And uh, what I wanted to know though, 
are, are you like when somebody buys one of your products, are you doing anything on the back end? Are you like building a, like a customer list, like an email list or many chat, or are you just exclusively just putting your product out there and, and that's what's working right now? No, absolutely. I'm definitely uh, trying to collect as much customer data as possible. And, uh, you know, whether that's uh, QR codes, um, you know, on products or, um, you know, uh, I'll do a lot of Facebook ads and uh, send them through a many chat list and, and a many, many chat flow and all that stuff and collect them in, in my many chats. Um, just a lot of a lot of that. Honestly, um, you have to think ahead. And if I want to exit this company uh, really profitably, I, I'm going to need to have a, a massive customer database that the person who buys this, you know, maybe they, they also have a supplement brand and they can use my existing, you know, audience to, to target them. So uh, having customer data is very, very important. So once they get on your many chat flow, are you just like maybe cross selling a different product at a certain point Absolutely. or offering them a, a discount or like trying to get a review at some point? Like you, have, you probably have a whole sequence for all that, right? Yeah. So I definitely uh, hit them up every time I launch a new product and uh, I'll give them like deep discounts and things like that. Um, just to like get them to buy at least once. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I'll eventually, I do a lot of search find buys with my mini chat. And um, I think that's very effective is I have like a, you know, an ad on Facebook says hundred percent rebate. And then the copy something like free product offer. This is a hundred percent, you know, this is your chance to try, uh, you know, Hydrolyte hundred percent free, uh, you know, no catches. We pay for uh, taxes and shipping and everything, something like that. I don't remember the exact copy. And then a lot of people opt in and I walk them through a very simple flow. I say, okay, you know, search this keyword on Amazon, find my product, buy it. And then, uh, you know, send me your order ID, we'll cross-reference it and, and send you the money on PayPal. And you know, I get a lot of people that way. And then eventually I'll hit them back and say, hey, you know, thank you so much. Like if you uh, leave me a review and send me a screenshot, I'll send you a, a little bit of a extra something nice. And, you know, I've split tested a lot of different things. Sometimes it's free product, sometimes it's gift cards, sometimes it's just an ec- more money. And, um, you know, obviously people will say, oh, but this is against terms of service. I'm like, well, oh, go look at all the competitors that are doing 10 to 100 million and see what yeah. they're doing. And everyone's doing the same thing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. add something on that. So um, I, I don't have... 40 different styles of supplements in my cabinets like you do, but <laughs> I have a decent amount. And, uh, you know, I take the normal stuff. I buy a lot of like stuff from like bulk supplements or that company, mm-hmm. and just others as well, like that I've tried over the years. And I, I do it for two reasons, actually, because I'm always very curious to see what like private labelers are doing on the back end. Like, how are they, like, what's their flows look like? I'm, I'm a nerd that way. Like, I like, I like to learn from what others are doing. Yeah, totally. Funnel hacking, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm fascinated by it. So one of the things that I've learned is that the supplement people, as far as any other category, they, they do it really well. Um, almost every supplement I've ever purchased has some sort of a uh, funnel that, they, that you get put into, you know, like underneath the bottle, underneath the lid, telling you to do this or do that, the other. And um, I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen some like, ooh, like really, really edgy stuff. I, you know, I can't believe they're getting away with it. But then I look at the reviews and I look at how long the product has been out. It's for like for many, 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 many years. And, you know, a lot of them really push the envelope and you'd think it'd be like against terms of service. But what I've kind of learned, Amazon doesn't really care all that much about a lot of things that we think that they do. And mm-hmm. that, that's what absolutely what I've learned. And I'm not suggesting or telling anybody to go break terms of service on purpose or anything like that. But when it comes to 
that if you just want, people want to learn and see what others are doing. Yeah. Buy supplements, obviously if you need them, you know, but on the other hand, just to see what people are doing for and how to get reviews, how they're, how they're generating sales that way. And uh, obviously it's a very competitive category. And some of these supplements I see out there just have like thousands and thousands and thousands of reviews and whatever they're doing is obviously working. Whatever they're doing in a lot of cases, Amazon has no problem with. So um, I was just saying you can kind of use it as research, use it to model for your own products, whether you're selling supplements or not. But yeah, I think when you said, Mina, it's like you, you someday want to exit your business at some point and the asset is the audience. That's, that's what people are paying for. If it's like a larger supplement brand that would want to buy you out, it's because you have the audience. That's what they're going to pay for. And exactly. yeah, they, they want to acquire your brand and the credibility you've built up and all this and that. That's important. But yeah, the asset is the audience. So whether that be email list, many chat or anything else. So if that's a, a large Facebook group that you've built that's related to your brand or your products or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, that, that's really the most important thing. And the funny thing is, is, this is something I talk about a lot in my podcast is that whenever I go to these uh, conferences or seminars or this or that. Well, they, one of the things that they always kind of ask the audience is like, who's building an email list for your products? And yeah. virtually nobody raises their hand. And it's just, it, even today in 2019, 2020, like this day and age, that really floors my mind. It's like, I, I've been big on the, the whole email list thing or many chat since day one. And man, it's really helped me push things to the next level. So I just wanted to Absolutely. highlight that and hit that home. And obviously that's important. I'm, I don't, it's really important in the supplement game. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. And, yeah. um, you know, it's you said that, I mean, I think, I think, um, your, your value is in your customer data, because if you think about it, if, you know, if you're trying to sell your business and then you don't have any customer data. So basically all you have is existing products that are selling. What happens when, if Amazon shuts you down? Then, then you're done. You, you can't do anything. Um, you know, if Amazon says, okay, we're going to delete this listing or shut down this listing, you basically lose everything. But if you have a customer database, you can at least, you know, use all of that data, retarget them, say, hey, you know, this happened. Uh, you know, if you buy now, we'll do this. Kind of build, build everything back up. But at least you have a bunch of people that you already know bought from you. And so having, having data, I think data is like the biggest thing. There's a lot of people, I don't know if you've heard about this, but a lot of people will create Chrome extensions for even like stuff like on Amazon and stuff like that for the sole purpose of getting customer data. You know, cause you, you know, let's say you're, you're an Amazon seller, you connect it to your API. Um, but there, there's probably something in the, in the agreement that you didn't read that they're going to kind of mine from you. And then they have a, a you know, 10,000 users, 5,000 users. They're going to go sell it to the highest bidder. And, um, Data is incredibly valuable, way more valuable than people even realize. Yeah, well, that's why companies like Facebook are worth billions of dollars. It's because they know everything about us and yeah. so on and so forth. So obviously, you're using ManyChat as you know part of an audience builder and helping you with your marketing efforts. But I want to dive into pay-per-click. So mm -hmm. you mentioned early on, before you had any sort of a list or audience or whatever, you were just using pay-per-click. Um, obviously, it's, it's amazing. And I've been around long enough in the game that once I first started with pay-per-click on Amazon, um, we really just had like keyword broad match. Like I go back that far where it was wow. like, that's all you really had is like a broad match. And I think they introduced like phrase and exact at one point. And, um, since then over the years, it's evolved into this monstrous 
almost kind of overwhelming um, experience. And there, there's so many new placement options that they're rolling out, so many new things that you can do with targeting and this and that. And it's exciting, absolutely. But I think for newer sellers out there that might be listening, again, it's going to be a little bit overwhelming because you hear everybody saying, oh, you got to use pay-per-click. And you're trying to do a million things. You're trying to launch your product. You're trying to get reviews. You're trying to do this, that, and the other. So what I wanted to do, Mean, is just dive into pay-per-click a little bit. You've become an, uh, what we call, like say, a pay-per-click expert. You've kind of took interest in it and um, used it to become extremely successful with your products and your brand. So what I want to do now is just kind of give you the floor for a little bit again. And I want you to kind of give the listeners out there a handful of some of your best let's say pay-per-click, Amazon pay-per-click tips and strategies for maybe launching products or just whatever it might be. Things that you know that as soon as they listen to this podcast or as soon as they finish, that they can go open up their Seller Central accounts or whatever it is and start looking at and implementing and hopefully seeing some benefits from. So if you have a handful of um, some of your best stuff, if you could throw that out there, let's talk about yeah, that. Sure. Okay, so... Um Let's just uh, kind of get on, on the same page. The goal with uh, Amazon PPC or a Amazon sponsored products advertising is getting as many people to look at your product as possible. And then if you have a good product, people are eventually going to click and buy. So if you have a nice product, they're going to convert. If you don't have a nice product, they're not going to convert. But the whole purpose of Amazon PPC is to spread as much awareness as possible. So the goal becomes uh, you have the two types of, of targeting. You can target um, keywords and you can target products. And basically when you target keywords, if someone searches a certain keyword, you show up there. Now where you show up depends on how you bid. Um, and then when you target products, it shows on the product detail page. The, the main goal for me is I want to capture every single keyword possible that anyone can possibly search a product if, if they're looking for my product. Um, and then same with the, with the you know, product targeting, any competitor possible, even if it's an adjacent product. So let's say I sell a sugar-free electrolyte powder, even if it's like keto crisps, you know, because the person who's buying keto crisps might also be interested in buying some electrolytes to avoid the keto flu, something like that. And so um, since we're trying to find all these keywords, we have two things that we need to be doing. And initially it's discovery. And then once you're discovering all these different keywords and product targets, um, you're going to start adver advertising, bidding on them, and then adjusting your bid and optimizing your bids to become profitable. Now, I say you need to target every single thing, but are all of them going to be profitable? No, of course not. Uh, some keywords might not be profitable. And then that's where you need to adjust the bids until they either do become profitable or they just don't get any impressions or any clicks anymore. So anyways, um, if I were to launch a product, first thing I would do is I would create an auto campaign. I would create four auto campaigns, one for close match, one for loose match, one for compliments and one for substitutes. Now, the way to do that is just you go, you create an auto campaign and then you go into the targeting groups, you turn on close match, you turn off the other ones uh, and you do the same, you know, with the other three match types. And then, you, you know, you're good to go on that auto. So, and so that would be four separate campaigns, not like one campaign with like different ad sets underneath it, but four separate campaigns, right? Correct. Four separate auto campaigns. And in each of the auto campaigns, only one of the targeting groups is turned on. And the reason is sometimes you, have, you can have close match perform incredible and then substitutes perform horrible because close match is targeting keywords and substitutes is targeting 
your number one competitors, which could have like 10,000 reviews, which could hurt, you know, they're going to be like, oh, this guy has five reviews and this other guy has 10,000. I'm just going to buy the other guy. And so the, when, when you do that, um, the, the beauty is you can, you can lower the bids on the ones that are not performing well, and you can increase the bids on the ones that are, are performing well, and then you can scale the budgets accordingly as well. And so that's another thing I want to touch on real briefly is you have to have big budgets. Start with a small bid, but have a really big budget, at least $100, because Amazon is going to do a quick calculation and they're going to say, how much is this guy's bid and how much is his budget? And if your bid is a dollar and your budget is $10, $15, $20, they're going to be like, this person only has 20, 15, 20 clicks. doesn't make sense for us to advertise this product. But when it's um, when they see a hundred, even if your bid is a dollar, not a hundred people are going to click on you. You know, every single day for that uh, campaign because you're also bidding. And if you if you bid low, if you start low, there's so many people above you. You might show up on page three. And honestly, if someone is scrolling down to page three to click on your product and buy it, or to click on your product to check it out, they're most likely going to buy it because based on buyer psychology, if you're deep on page three and you click on someone, it's because that person stood out. They went through two pages and they weren't happy. And then on the third page, they found you. So that's also something you guys got to keep in mind. Now, okay, we've done the four auto campaigns. Next up is we want to do one campaign for broad, one campaign for phrase, one campaign for exact. I never do multiple ad sets. And the reason is when it's multiple ad sets, you can't control how much of your campaign budget goes into each ad set. You put it in Amazon's hands. And that's the last thing you want. You want as much control as possible and you want it to be as granular as possible because the more control, the more granular you are, the easier it is going to be for you to identify so, what's going on and then control it. And, and so separating, it. separating things out, segmenting everything into its own campaign gives you more control instead of putting everything in one giant campaign where anything can happen and you may have stuff that's not getting attention or get any ad spend, right? A hundred percent. And so, um, so the, the, the next three key, the next three campaigns would just be for my main keyword. So for me, my main keywords, electrolyte powder. So it'll be one campaign, broad electrolyte powder, one campaign phrase, electrolyte powder, one campaign, exact electrolyte powder. And I do that because that's like my number one keyword. And I really want to give it a lot of attention and, and, and money. Um, and I will be probably like running at a loss, you know, high equals initially, but it will help my product get found much, much quicker. Um, and then from there, I'll do another three campaigns, uh, broad phrase exact, but those will be my top 10 keywords, not just the top one. And the reason I only do 10 is like you said, if you have too many keywords in a campaign, um, only a few are getting attention and all the other ones aren't getting attention. And if you put like 50 keywords in a campaign or 50 keywords in an ad set in a campaign and you're, you start running and maybe only five keywords are getting the attention, you think you're actually bidding on 50 keywords, but you're only bidding on five. And so you basically lose 45 keywords uh, that are not getting impressions. And you can easily identify that by looking at how many impressions these keywords are getting. And I'll touch on, okay, you know, I'll touch on in the, in a bit, what, what happens when you now have existing campaigns and how to go through it and all that. So once I do those three ones, um, if you're branded, target your own uh, ASINs. And the reason I do that is because it protects your listings. So let's say Hydrolyte, I just launched Hydrolyte Mango Pineapple. I'll target Hydrolyte Unflavored because if you click on Hydrolyte Unflavored and scroll down, you'll see the Mango Pineapple. 
Number one, that prevents a competitor from being there. And number two, if someone looks at the unflavored and it says, oh, this looks like a good product that has a lot of reviews and scrolls down and it sees, oh, but I like the mango flavor better, they'll buy the mango flavor. They already got the impression that this is a good product and, and, you know, and they've seen the reviews from the unflavored. So even if I have lower reviews on the flavored, one of the new flavored versions, um, you know, they're going to mo- most likely click and buy. So, so, so what you're saying is play defense and mm-hmm. any opportunity that Amazon gives you with placement, even on your own products to take other products or related products that you have and kind of pepper those, those listings so that when a customer's looking at your main product that around there, whatever the placements are, that they see your other related products, it plays defense so that other people can't bid on it. And you kind of get that big brand awareness where you're everywhere all of a sudden, right? Exactly. And, and, and a perfect example of that is check out Bulletproof Coffee. You click on any of their products and scroll down, the, the entire sponsored ads is them. So you can never buy another Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, you can never buy another brand stuff. You can only buy uh, Bulletproof stuff. And I mean, it's pretty smart. They have a lot of listings that sometimes it's just like pack variations. They can have a one pack and a two pack. And, you know, in reality, you know that a one pack is just one of it. And a two pack is they probably just put two together in a bag in like a a Ziploc bag. But they do that so they can have a lot of products. And like you said, they look like they're taking over the whole page. Um, And now another campaign that I would do also for branded is any any like word related to my product brand name or my company name. So, you know, Hydrolyte, uh, MMA Nutrition Hydrolyte, Hydrolyte Electrolytes, all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. And so So whenever somebody types in your brand, you just, you want to be seen everywhere for all your stuff. That's, yeah. you want to dominate it. You don't want other competitors because other competitors are going to do the same. So you just want to try to dominate that so that when they type in, then in the keyword or whatever, that they see you and only you. They should, yeah. When someone types your your name, they should immediately find you. Uh, shouldn't be anyone else. And it, especially, they don't. You don't want them to find other people at the top of the search that look better than you, and then kind of will maybe steal a sale from you. Um, and then from there, uh, when I'm initially launching, I won't do much product targeting because I'm not a good competitor uh, initially when I don't have that many reviews. But I will do category targeting, and I'll. You know, I'll go into all of my competitors, look at which sub subcategories they're in, target those, and then I'll refine them to three stars or less and more expensive than me. And that might yield some amazing results and that might yield not, some not so good uh, results in terms of how many products I can target. So sometimes if I refine it, uh, it'll be like, okay, you have, you know, one target. And sometimes it'll be like you have 10 targets, uh, aka 10 products. And it just depends on what category you're targeting and, and your competition and all that kind of stuff and what your price is. So but the cat, the category targeting that's under sponsored brands, right? Or is that sponsored products no, as well? You can do that. products okay, and it's sponsored. under product targeting. Yeah. Under product. Cause you can do product targeting, category targeting. Um, so what you're saying is underneath the category, you can, select obviously a huge different list of categories there, but I think they're going to mm-hmm. recommend or suggest like the main one. And then you can refine. So I'm just trying to spell this out just so people listening, you can refine and um, you can select to target customer products that are like zero to three stars. If you want to set that bar zero to four mm-hmm. stars or whatever. So that way it'll kind of narrow it down a little bit more. And you also said that you target products that are what a little Price bit more less. expensive than yours to give that customer then an option of like something similar, but a little bit less price if you're shopping for value price and things like that. 
So you, you definitely refine on those categories. And then do you just use like one category that you go after or do you target a whole bunch of different ones? All of them and anything. Any, so what I do is I have the Helium 10 Chrome extension and I'll go in there, type in, um, you know, my main keyword and it'll give me, uh, it'll like on, on the search results above it will we'll show the subcategory for every single competitor. And I'll just type in that subcategory uh, into, you know, uh, campaign manager and it'll pop up and it'll be like, okay, there's the subcategory. I'll target that three stars or less more expensive than me. And the reason that I do that is that's the only kind of way I see myself winning. If someone's like three stars or less, looks like they're a bad product. So people are more likely to buy my product than a bad product, or maybe my mind that's cheaper than a more expensive one. But if I target regular competitors, I don't have a leg to stand on. Um, and so that's pretty much what I'll do kind of on the first run. And, um, and so that is kind of like the initial discovery phase. Now I'll wait about a week or two weeks, depending on how aggressive you guys are going to be with your spend. Um, and, and you just want to collect some data. Once you collect some data, uh, I will go into the search term reports, pull out any keywords that my, that customer search terms, uh, or any products that were clicked on product like ASINs. And I'll create more campaigns. And again, 10 keywords or 10 product targets per campaign. For every single keyword, I'm, I'm still doing broad phrase exact. Um, and then for product targets, it's just simple product targeting. Um, I will not negative any keywords. I will only lower the bid. Um, the only time I will negative a keyword is if I go into a broad keyword in, in the search term reports and I see that the broad keyword is performing uh, really, like it's triggering for maybe 10 or 15 uh, different keywords and it's performing really well for like 13 of them, but it's performing horrible for two. Then I'll negative uh, those two keywords for that uh, broad, uh, you know, uh, for that broad category uh, campaign, uh, not category, sorry. And so that's the only time I use negative targeting. All the other times I will simply just go into the bulk sheets. So I go to um, in the campaign manager, bulk operations, download the last 14 or last 30 days of the bulk operations depends on how often you're doing this. And I'll, it'll uh, bring open everything that, I, that uh, I've been bidding on and I'll go and I'll check um, what the ACOS is and what the bids are and I'll slightly lower the bids. Now here's another trick. I'll slightly lower the bids for the stuff that's like high ACOS. Here's another trick. Sort by sales and then um, in the bulk sheets and then do for every single keyword, do equals sales for that one keyword divided by total sales. And what that will do is it'll tell you for every single keyword, how much percentage of the sales of, of all of your PPC sales is that one keyword doing. And obviously you have to separate by SKU to do this because you don't, you don't care. like one keyword in, in Hydra and flavored could be say it's bringing in 30 percent of the sales, but could actually be bringing in 95% of the sales for the unflavored only. Um, so you want to separate all the results by SKU. Then once you've separated the results by SKU, you do that sales divided by total sales. And that'll tell you the percentage of sales that that one keyword is bringing. Now, why is that important? Because if it's bringing you a, like, if it's a high percentage, you have to be incredibly sensitive. A lot of people will say, Oh, the ACOS is 85% is, uh, on this one keyword that uh, dropped the bid by 30%. And guess what? Your sales are going to tank. And you're going to be like, why on earth are my sales tanking? Because the one keyword that was bringing you 50% of your sales, for example, um, you just lowered the bid by 30% and now no one can find you. 
or you know the the you're most not getting, you're not getting shown yeah yeah 50% of the people are that were buying your product now can't find you Interesting. So, uh, we, t- you kind of, I, we were talking before we actually started recording and we wanted to mention it. I'm trying to work this in here. Um, Amazon, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. We were kind of excited about it, that they came out with a new negative product targeting option. Um, do you, do you want to just throw that out there real quick? Like what people should be doing with that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, there's now a new, uh, product negative product targeting, uh, feature. And why that's so important is because when you, are running these auto campaigns, you'll notice that auto will trigger for whatever it thinks is the best, right? And we can't control it, it's Amazon's algorithm. And so for close match, loose match, compliments and substitutes, we, we have separated them, but uh, for mainly for compliments and substitutes, sometimes close match and loose match, they will trigger for certain um, ASINs and they'll show your product. So for me, they were showing my product, my brand new zero review product under products that had 1,500, 2,000 reviews. And so the result was, um, uh, you know, a lot of people were clicking because there's just so much traffic on that listing. A lot of people were clicking on my products just to check it out, but no one was buying because they're like, well, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm going to click it, check it out, but I'm not going to buy it. This product that I was already on has way more reviews, has like a thousand plus reviews. And so th- this would sometimes drain you. It will spend a lot of money from your uh, campaigns, from your auto campaign, and you cannot stop it. You can't negative, um, you know, negative a product. And so Amazon came out with this new uh, negative product targeting. And so now if you notice that in your search term reports, you look at your auto, you look at your, you know, compliments or substitutes, for example, and you see that, hey, this one keyword, like one of my competitors, Liquid IV, I say, okay, for this Liquid IV product, I'm getting like 100 clicks and zero sales or hundred clicks in one sale. And obviously my echoes through the roof um, on negative that liquid IV ASIN. Yeah. So you just, you just go into the auto campaign and uh, you just look at negative uh, what the the negative matching and then go underneath negative product targeting. So everybody just needs to look at that if you miss that. So just pull up your, your reports, your spreadsheets for your auto campaigns, just find out all the ASINs that you're just getting killed on. Um, In the past, you really couldn't do anything about it, but now you can. So that could save you a, a lot of money because again, again, you could have like countless clicks on products that you converted zero sales on in the past. Like I said, you couldn't do much about it. So look in those auto campaigns. If you haven't go in there after this podcast and pull up your reports and immediately get that taken care of with the negative product uh, targeting in their matching or whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. uh, another thing that was new, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, we've always been big on ACOS, obviously ACOS, but Amazon came out with ROAS, was that ROAS, ROAS, whatever they want to call it. ROAS, yeah. uh, if you just, what, what does that mean? And what, why should people care about it? Amazon obviously thinks we should care about it. So I think it's funny that they released that because, uh, so ROAS stands for return on ad spend. Uh, and ACOS stands for Advertising Cost of Sales. And the funny thing is that ROAS is one divided by ACOS. It's pretty much ACOS is spend divided by sales, and then ROAS is sales divided by spend. And I mean, did, did we really need ROAS? Um, but I guess because people are used to it from Facebook ads and, and Google ads, they said, hey, you know, let's kind of, you know, throw that in there. So. I don't think people, if you understand what ACOS is, I don't think you really need to worry too much about ROAS because, um, you know, ROAS is just one, one divided by ACOS or your sales divided by your spend. But uh, generally speaking, the bigger your ROAS is, the 
better your campaign is doing. So uh, if your ROAS is one, it means that you're spending $100 and making $100 in sales. Obviously horrible. If your ROAS is two, uh, you're spending $100 making 200. If your ROAS is four, you're spending $100 making 400. Now that's kind of good, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That was new. Uh, so, Mina, this, is, this has been amazing. So we're kind of rounding third here. I do have a handful of questions that I want to kind of just rapid fire at you here. Um, mm-hmm. Questions from our Facebook group. So if you guys aren't yet a member of the Facebook group, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you need to get joined <laughs> up. Go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB, get joined up. But a few weeks ago, I put a post out there and asked your guys, uh, what, what do you guys want to know about pay-per-click? I was going to have some, an expert on, so we wanted some questions. So here are those questions, or at least a few of them, and I want to thank you for everybody for participating in that. Um, so, Mina, just a couple of rapid-fire questions for you from the following people. So Todd wants to know, do you recommend any automation tools for pay-per-click? I definitely do not recommend the automation tools for pay-per-click. If there's an automation tool that allows you to perform a lot of actions at once, I'm all good with that. You know, that's totally fine. So let's say, you know, you want to go and find all of your keywords that have echoes over 50% and lower them by 3%. That's totally fine. Lower the bids by 3%. That's totally fine. But if you want to bring on something like a software that that you're going to put some rules and it's automatically going to run your PPC for you, absolutely not stay away from it. Uh, you need that human element. There's so many uh, moving parts. It's software is not advanced to catch up with the PPC that's that's here right now. And and unfortunately, people are uh, you know preying on uh, the desperate and preying on the people that are too busy to manage their own PPC and don't understand too much about PPC and saying, hey, we have this automation software that's going to do one, two, three, four, five. Um, but you know, it, it really is not going to work well for you. Okay. And I've tried it myself. Yeah, I've tried it too. So I, I, I like the manual approach, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So the next question is from Joe. Joe wants to know, how do you deal with variations when setting up your campaign? So if you're selling um, you know, a product and it has maybe five different colors on it, as just an example, obviously when you're setting up your campaigns, you have the option of adding one of those ASINs or all the other variations uh, is there a rule of thumb or some advice that you would give? Do you just want to put one in there, like maybe your top seller, or do you want to add all your different variations? So um, people are not going to like this, but unfortunately you have to treat every single variation as its own complete different product. And the reason is, let's say for example, that you're, you have a, a shirt and uh, you know, a pink shirt, blue shirt, and a black shirt. And you know, the pink shirt is selling incredible, but the black shirt is not selling that well. Why would you advertise all three under the same keyword? Um, and kind of like get you like uh, cut your your odds of success by a third um, if the pink one is gonna sell way better than the black one. And so you know you're gonna have to pretty much pretend that the, the pink, black, and and blue shirts are completely different products. Like one is a cup, one is a plate, and one is a fork, for example. Yes, they're gonna have the same keywords. Yes, they're gonna have the same product targets. All of that good stuff. But when you treat them separately and individually, you know, each one of them uh, has its own, uh, you know, it's going to have its own journey. Some people are going to like the black more. uh, Some people are going to like the pink more. Maybe the black is going to sell in different seasons better. And then the pink is going to sell in different seasons better. Um, So you don't want to put them all in once because then you're putting it into Amazon hands. Which one do they want to show? And let's say, okay, they're like, well, the pink sells the best one. We want to show that one. Well, what if all Amazon does is keep showing the pink? you're just not going to sell the black. And, and so 
That's why I say completely separate it out. Now, the only other thing that you have to do is for every single um, ASIN that you have, you can target all the other uh, variations. So, uh, you know, same thing that I talked about with the unflavored and the mango. So if you have a, a pink shirt, uh, you're going to go in into the black and the blue shirt and you're going to target the pink shirt and so on and so forth. Um, and then one other thing is if you want to dominate over a competitor, what you can do is you can create one product targeting campaign for the pink, one for the black, one for the blue. And in the pink, target that one ASIN. In the black, target that one ASIN. In the blue, target that one ASIN. And so when someone clicks on that ASIN, scrolls down, they're gonna see your product, your product, your product three times in the in all the different variations. And it's kind of like almost an, an aggressive, like offensive approach to PPC. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So next question from Mohammed. Uh, he wants to know what strategies should I use to maintain my position on top or you know the, the top spot? So essentially like, say you did a whole bunch of work, you launched a product, uh, you got it up to page one, you, whatever strategy you were using, some search find buy stuff, many chat, email, whatever, right? You kind of got it to where it needs to go. Uh, what PPC strategies should you use to maintain that top spot then? I honestly wouldn't worry too much about maintaining the top spot. I would worry about profitability. So you just have to look at the data, um, you know, the, wherever keywords you are, you're, you know, you can drop the bids if the ACOS is too high or if the ACOS is low, increase the bids so you can get more uh, visibility. But you can always split test. And um, basically, let's say for electrolyte powder, I'm in the top three positions. Um, I can bid very aggressively on that keyword. It's obviously gonna be a lot of spend. Um, and if overall, if you if you look at your overall sales and you're profitable, you're good. But if if you're not, if if you're spending too much money, lower the bid. And just because you're not on the top of the search doesn't mean that you're not going to be uh, successful. You just have to be profitable. And just remember that there's a lot of people that are when you know quote unquote window shoppers that will click on the top of the search with no intent to buy because it's just the beginning of their journey and they haven't looked at. Um, you know, a lot of products, but they just see you on the top. And so they click on you. And so you don't want to be there um, all the time. Sometimes it, it makes sense, but a lot of times, you know, you being in the middle of the first page or the bottom of the first page, or sometimes even the second page, no big deal. As long as you're profitable, that's what really matters. Okay. So uh, Rosie has the last question here. We'll keep this one uh, short. So it says, I was taught, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of people who are doing the all-in or who are going all-in and running PPC heavily to launch their new product. What do you think about this? Oh, I mean, I don't think you can grow anything if you don't put all your eggs in one basket initially. Um, sure, be smart and, and eventually diversify, but you have to go all-in if you want to be successful. At least initially, you have to go all-in. And then when, you, when you're in a, an opportunity to, to diversify, then you can diversify. But um, trying to diversify right off the bat, you just don't have enough to diversify. So yeah, um, obviously my just two cents on it is I would keep going all in as long as it's profitable, <laughs> no matter what it is. True. If you're making a profit, you know, if you're spending a dollar and you're getting $2 out of it, uh, yeah, you're gonna wanna keep going all in as much as you can. Um, okay, so we're about to wrap things up here, Mina. Um, this has all been tremendous. I love your story. I, I love how you got involved with MMA, which led to supplements, which led to becoming a, uh, a huge uh, PPC expert here and, and sharing all this amazing knowledge with us. It's definitely been amazing. Um, where, where can sellers find you online? And you, um, 
you actually have training for us that you've created through the PPC University. So if you could maybe just kind of talk about where we can find you um, outside or off this podcast and what you're working on and things like that. Sure. Um, so you can find me uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn uh, at Mina uh, space Elias. Uh, that's M-I-N-A space E-L-I-A-S. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram, Egyptian underscore prescription underscore Elias. Um, and that's my fight name, if you were wondering. Yeah. Um, Was it the Egyptian prescription? Yep, that's Dude, it. I, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and so the ppcuniversity.com, that's uh, the PPC training that I have. And basically, it, it, I wouldn't consider it like a course like you would see the Amazon courses. Um, it's basically technical training. And it's like I'm teaching you about Excel or, or you know, whatever. And I will break down every single uh part of PPC, help you understand it, help you understand how to interpret the results, uh, you know, with all of that stuff, eventually get, get you to a point where you can make your own decisions and then you can interpret your own results and you can then make more decisions based off of that because that's, it's like teaching a man to fish. That's when you become successful. I'm not going to give you, you know, straight up strategies and, and techniques and say, you know, apply this and you're going to be successful. No, I'm going to teach you everything there is to know about PPC. And then you can, you know, get creative and apply the, the regular basic stuff or you can come up with your own stuff, but you'll be able to understand and interpret the PPC um, enough to be successful. And it comes with, you know, as much consultation as you need to kind of get you successful. So, um, you know, I'm not selling a dream or anything like that. It's, pretty much technical training. So that's, and I'm an engineer. That's like where I thrive is it being technical. Gotcha. Yeah. Spreadsheets all day. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the ppcuniversity.com. And if they use code Nick, N-I-C-K, -I code Nick, what, what happens then? You, they get $100 off. Okay. So check that out, guys. Obviously, all this I will put in the show notes. Any uh, links to that Mina uh, has talked about here, I will put in the show notes. You guys know the drill on that. So make sure you, if you guys want to get hardcore with, with PPC and learn how to do it the right way and help become profitable and help kind of guide your, your products and your brand onto success. Yeah, it's definitely a foundation. PPC is, is I mean, Amazon obviously thinks it's ex extremely important. They keep investing in kind of building it out and making it more and more important. And I think you kind of have to pay to play now on Amazon. So oh, definitely. Yeah, you have to pay to play. Uh, SEO is not going to get you there in it in by itself. So, um, you know, if you're spending money on Amazon, you're doing it profitably, it, good things can happen. Um, so, Mina, any last kind of words of wisdom here? This, is, this has been a barn burner. This has been awesome information. I mean, we covered a lot of cool stuff. I would definitely advise everybody, if you kind of missed anything, to go back and listen to certain parts again. Uh, whether it be just uh, Mina's story or different stuff on supplements. Obviously, we went through a lot of PPC stuff. Some very, very cool little nuggets in there that you guys could pull out immediately after this podcast and start implementing into your businesses to help you. But uh, Mina, this has been amazing. Any, any last uh, words of wisdom here you want to share before we uh, sign off? Yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, for everyone listening, uh, you know, I, I know that I, I started with very little, like I said, 100 uh, units, $500. Um, just... May understand that it's not about the product. It's not about anything. It's, it's about you. And so hold yourself accountable because uh, it's not the product or Amazon or your, or your advertising or whatever that's going to make the business successful. It's you that's going to make the business successful because you are like the, the soul of your business. And um, if you, you know, uh, 
adapt that mindset of always looking to improve yourself and, and refine yourself as a, a businessman or businesswoman. Um, that's when you're going to find success. Don't blame it on anything. Um, always, always hold yourself accountable and, uh, you know, never quit. You only fail when you quit, but if you never quit, you'll never, never fail. And that's something I learned from MMA. I was just going to say that that's some, uh, that's some MMA, uh, mindset right there. So that's awesome. Yep. So, all right, my man, I appreciate it. And, uh, guys, if you have questions further, reach out, reach out to, uh, to Mina here can definitely guide you along the way. Something that he might've said that you're like, hey, I need more clarification, whatever. Definitely reach out to them, use them as a resource. Um, you know, that, that's what we're all here for. So Mina, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it, my man. This has been amazing awesome. and have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining the show today. Really, really appreciate it. And I loved hearing about your story and your journey and as well as the tips that you shared around selling things like supplements and of course, pay-per-click. And I hope you guys all listening at home enjoyed this as well. And if you need to, go back and listen to the podcast again and make sure you, you kind of got all the nuggets that were dropped throughout this episode. And as mentioned, if you guys want additional PPC training from Mina, go to theppcuniversity.com and check out his step-by-step training. If you use code NICK, that's N-I-C-K, you're going to get $100 off of that. So take advantage. Now, I want to share my top three takeaways from today's episode. Takeaway number one that I want to share with you guys actually has to do with pay-per-click, and there's a lot of different parts to this one, so kind of like multiple different things here um, from Mina in regards to PPC. So one of the things that he mentioned is that you should focus in on creating more campaigns with smaller amounts of keywords, so I thought that was really important. Sometimes if you create a campaign with just endless amounts of keywords, that might not be such a great idea, so he suggested kind of having more campaigns, but just less keywords in there, smaller amounts, makes it a little bit easier to manage as well. Uh, Other things in regards to pay-per-click, we talked about auto campaigns. He recommended creating or splitting your auto campaigns into uh, four different ones uh, for the different match types. So there's loose, close match, substitute, and complements. So that's what he kind of recommended, not just doing one auto campaign, but actually doing four separate auto campaigns, which I thought was interesting. And then we did talk about uh, whenever you have the opportunity to target specific categories to go ahead and do that, but also to refine. So if you click that refine button, you can target products that are like zero to three star. And as well as you could target products that are a couple dollars more expensive than yours. And you can kind of create separate ad sets and or campaigns for all of those individually. And another thing in regards to the the targeting the categories, don't just target your specific category. When you go into that menu, you can actually look at a lot of other really closely related categories that you can kind of choose from as well to see if you have any success with that. So make sure you break those out in their own campaigns or ad sets accordingly. So takeaway number two that I want to share with you guys has to do with mindset. So Mina talked about that quite a bit. Obviously, he's an MMA fighter, so you need the correct mindset in order to be successful, uh, basically with anything in life. So that obviously applies for your e-commerce business as well. So if you are not having the success that you desire yet, 
keep focused, but have the proper mindset that you will and you can succeed with uh, Amazon, with e-commerce, with Shopify, so on and so forth. So oftentimes I see people in Facebook groups being really negative and they're saying, oh, this Amazon stuff doesn't work. Whatever products they're launching fail. Everybody should get out. Amazon's horrible, this and that. I mean, obviously that's just a real negative mindset that is going to uh, you know, set yourself up for failure. So there are obviously people having a lot of success and that's what you need to align with. That success is just right around the corner as long as you're focused and you keep working hard. So that was takeaway number two, mindset is everything. And finally, takeaway number three, everybody, you heard Mina talk a lot about getting customer data, building your assets, getting those, those customer lists, whether that be email, many chat, however, so that information or that data is extremely valuable as you grow your brand and business, okay? So you need to have a strategy to gain or grasp a hold of that customer data because obviously Amazon will not give you much of that. They won't give you the email addresses. So you're obviously going to need to have a strategy to uh, acquire that customer data at some point. So it's really, really important that you understand that. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. I greatly appreciate you guys sticking with us till the very end today. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. And to see the show notes, again, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 154. And if you are not yet a member of the Facebook group, make sure you get joined up with that immediately. We'd love to have you in there. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can find the Facebook group at privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. Also, if you haven't yet, leave a review for the podcast, please, on iTunes preferably. You can do that at privatelabelershow.com forward slash iTunes. So that about does it. Go out there, make it happen, and I wish you guys nothing but success for the rest of your day and week. Go get it. Talk to you later. Bye. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.